What's going on, everybody? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Nittany Lions, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Wednesday, April 1st, 2020. We begin a brand new month, and maybe we'll start to get some sense of optimism as the month rolls forward. But for right now, we've got a lot of conversation to have some fun to pass the time right here on the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire. Happy to be with you here as always. Make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so you never miss a single episode so we can keep you company while you're sitting at home isolated or work from home or whatever your case may be. We're going to be here for you to add some conversation to help pass some of the time by as much as we possibly can. Best way to do that is to stay subscribed on all your favorite podcasts and apps such as iTunes and Google Play, Spotify. You can tell your home sp- smart speakers to play the Locked On Nittany Lines podcast on the Tuned In app. And of course, we want you to be a part of the show by connecting with us on Twitter and sending us your questions at Locked On Nittany. You can check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Locked On Nittany. And we also have a YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search for Locked On Nittany Lions. We should pop right up there for you. I'm hoping to one day have a shorter and easier to remember web address that I can share with you. But for right now, do a search. We should pop right up. We have some more stuff about the potential impact that the ongoing coronavirus pandemic is going to have on the upcoming college football season. Some more conversation about whether or not we're actually going to have a season or if it's going to start on time. So we'll dive into that once again with some new information and conversation from yesterday. Uh, We've got some news from a former Nittany Lion giving his uniform number to one of the best players in NFL history. And of course, we are going to continue saying some nice things about another Big Ten school and We're going to stick with the Michigan Wolverines today. So buckle in, sit back, relax. Hopefully you're enjoying yourself during whatever this time may be for you. And let's get into today's episode. off today's episode with a little bit of a fun story and this takes us into the NFL and we're tracking a former Nittany Lion Chris Godwin of course wide receiver was a part of that Rose Bowl team a few years back he's been killing it in the NFL making a name for himself with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and of course this is a very interesting offseason for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they landed quarterback Tom Brady in free agency the longtime New England Patriot former Michigan Wolverine which is kind of why we're going to say some nice things about Michigan in our sort of Michigan themed show today in a sense Uh, but we'll get to Michigan later Tom Brady of course has worn the number 12 for his entire NFL career and I believe he wore it at Michigan as well if I'm not mistaken and but of course Chris Godwin who has already been established as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer has also been wearing the number 12 so when a, when a Hall of Fame player or a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer is coming to a new team, odds are a younger player is going to give up his jersey number. But you know what? It doesn't help to, or it doesn't hurt, I should say, to take advantage of that opportunity and maybe get a little something from that multi-million dollar future Hall of Fame player with multiple Super Bowl rings to his name. And it doesn't seem like Chris Godwin's doing that. Now, maybe that's just a sign of respect for Tom Brady. But the news came out yesterday that Chris Godwin is going to give Tom Brady the uniform number 12. There will be no transaction, so as is, is, so as it is reported. 
I, I don't know if that's entirely true or not. Maybe there's something behind the closed doors. But uh, regardless, it was kind of cool to see that Chris Godwin is giving Tom Brady his uniform number. I know that some people would have preferred that, hey, Chris Godwin should either keep that number or maybe cash in on it a little bit more. But, uh, hey, it's a sign of respect. And, of course, establishing a relationship with a the new quarterback is always a good thing for a wide receiver. I talked about this before when Tom Brady was first being reported to be heading to the Tampa Bay Bucks, that this was going to be very good for Chris Godwin. Uh, It's certainly an upgrade at the quarterback position from Jameis Winston, who I don't know where he's going right now uh, as of this recording. I don't know if that's been reported or not. But it is certainly going to be a much more consistent passing game, uh, far smarter decisions being made with throwing the football. And for a player that has been as talented as Chris Godwin has shown he can be at the next level, that could bode very well for him moving forward because eventually Chris Godwin's going to be going through the contract settlement and negotiation stage as well. And having a quarterback that can help you boost your stats a little bit certainly comes at a pretty good time. So I'm very excited to see what Chris Godwin does now that he's going to have Tom Brady as quarterback because Chris Godwin has already been establishing himself as a very good wide receiver in the NFL. So you throw in the chance to catch passes from Tom Brady and all of a sudden the ceiling goes up a little bit and that's uh, could be very good for Chris Godwin moving forward. So we're all very excited to see what happens with Chris Godwin. Um, you know, maybe if you're a Tampa Bay fan, you know, maybe you're even extra more looking forward to it. But uh, regardless, it should be a really good situation for Chris Godwin moving forward. But I am surprised that he's not getting anything from Tom Brady for that number 12. But hey, like I said, the report is that there are no transaction for that. But I would imagine that maybe we'll see something at some point down the line. And I think it would be pretty fun to see. Uh but yeah, so good news for Chris Godwin. He's got Tom Brady as his quarterback. Uh, he's going to give up the number 12. I don't know if it was reported. I th- want to say that it, I saw the number 14 being thrown around there as Chris Godwin's new uniform number, if you're interested in that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't have that confirmed as I'm recording this, uh, but I think that that was the number that was being f- uh, thrown around there. Uh, so just keep an eye out for that if you're interested in getting uh, NFL jerseys of former Penn State players. I got to say, I used to do that. I did that twice. <laughs> I did that twice way back in the day when Kerry Collins and Kajana Carter came out and went to the NFL. I got a Cincinnati Bengals uh, Kajana Carter jersey, and I got a Carolina Panthers Kerry Collins jersey. And I mentioned that because it's kind of fresh in my mind with Kerry Collins because Penn State just recently shared a video clip of Kerry Collins saying some really positive things about James Franklin. And I believe that this is something that had come out before, but maybe it's being reshared or repurposed for uh, the latest social media push because we don't have a whole lot of else (laughs) to be talking about right now. Uh, But Kerry Collins was very complimentary of James Franklin and what he has done in his time since becoming the head coach at Penn State. And uh, a lot of the things that Kerry Collins said are things that I've said too. So I think that James Franklin has certainly done well with raising the bar as far as talent is concerned. There's no question in my mind that he has an eye for assistant coaches because all of these assistant coaches, for the most part, are getting hired for other jobs as well. And I don't look at that as a bad thing. A lot of people get a little flustered when so many assistant coaches are leaving for other jobs. But if you look at what those people are leaving for, they're leaving for jobs moving up in the coaching ranks. And you know, a lot of coach, a lot of the coaches, I should say, are moving up for better opportunities to f- help further their careers. And you don't do that unless you do a really good job 
in your current position. So you know, while the number of assistant coaches have been going up uh, for other jobs at Penn State, I think that that's a really good sign that James Franklin knows how to make some coaching hires. And that's why with all the coaching turnover that we see this current season, even though we don't have that spring, I think there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about where this team could potentially go in the upcoming season. But speaking of the upcoming season, are we going to have the upcoming season? Are we going to have a shortened season? Are there going to be any adjustments? I feel like we talk about this topic a lot, but it just seems as though more information and more conversation comes out on a regular basis. So in our next segment, we're going to take another look at whether or not we're going to see a full college football season this upcoming season. And I'm going to tell you, I'm still a little optimistic, but I'm starting to believe that I'm a little bit more naive when it comes to this kind of situation. But let's talk about it in our next segment. It seems that not one day goes by when the conversation about whether or not the football season is going to be impacted by the coronavirus pandemic uh, seems to be a, coming up through the Twitter feed or maybe you're talking about it on Facebook or wherever you may be talking about it or seeing conversation about it. It just doesn't, doesn't seem like it's going to be going away. But you know what? It shouldn't be going away because it is a very open-ended question at this point in time. Again, we are still waiting to find out when the NBA is going to return, when the NHL is going to return, when the first pitches in Major League Baseball will be thrown out. Uh, more and more states continue to tack on time to their individual stay-home orders. You know, Virginia, I think, just uh, extended theirs through the end of May, I want to say. Uh, I don't know if that's 100% accurate, but just keep in mind, Virginia is continuing their stay-home order. Illinois just extended their stay-home order through the end of um, uh, this current month, April. And, of course, the, the federal uh, stay-home order from the White House was extended by 30 days to the end of this month, too. So this is all just kind of pushing things off and making sure everybody is staying safe and you know, taking the proper precautions that they need to take before we can get back to any sense of normalcy. Now, uh, if you heard Minnesota head coach P.J. Fleck recently on the Pat McAfee show on YouTube, and I talked about this on College Football Talk the other day, uh, he, he had a pretty positive message that this is the opportunity now to make something better when we do get back to normal because we're not necessarily going to get back to, quote, normal, uh, but we can establish a new normal. But in the meantime, the conversation that we like to focus on is whether or not this is going to impact the college football season because we're getting closer and closer. The more time passes, the more we're going to have to have some solid answers on what exactly is going to happen in the fall. Now, we've talked recently about the possibility of the college football season being moved up a few months starting in July and running through July, August, and September. I still think that that is a very ridiculous idea, and I don't see that as a very realistic scenario. I think the more likely situation is we're probably going to have some alterations to what happens in the fall. Now, I still say I'm a little bit hopelessly optimistic on this, and maybe I'm a little bit naive, but I do think we're going to have a full college football season. But the more time passes and every day that goes by, I become less and less confident in saying that. I'm still going to stand by it for now, but I don't know if I feel like I would uh, take that to the grave at this point. Because the more and more delays that continue to be put out, the more stay-home orders we see, the more developments and some of the reactions that we're seeing come out from various reports and uh, you know, surveys and stuff like that, I do think it's a little bit uh, alarming. Again, I'm not pushing any panic buttons just yet as far as the, fo the football season is concerned, but I we're starting to see some signs that suggest that this is likely to have some kind of alteration 
uh, once the season does kick kicked off. One of those dominoes that potentially fell on to on I'm sorry on Tuesday was Duke canceling their first 2020 summer session. So all of a sudden now we're starting to talk about classes, college classes during the summer starting to be canceled, postponed, whatever the case may be. Duke just canceled their first entire summer session. That's not a good sign. We'll see what other schools do, of course. And, and again, every state is a little bit different right now. Some states have a little bit more of a serious issue going on with the COVID-19 and the coronavirus. Uh, and you know, North Carolina is certainly, uh, certainly a state that needs to be careful because there's so many colleges there. Uh, but I do think that that's it's just something to keep in mind. Start to see what schools are canceling summer sessions because as the stay-home orders continue, college classes probably can't be happening. Uh, we'll see what happens at Penn State and when those decisions start to be made. But Duke canceling their first 2020 summer session, that's just something to keep an eye on. And I saw that pop up on the college football Reddit. So, you know, they're talking about it there. <laughs> it's something that's going to be probably continuing to span throughout the country from coast to coast. So we'll just keep an eye on that. Uh, we know that recently the Big Ten and the Pac-12 suspended all team activities through May 31st. Again, that's just uh, pretty much covering all the spring semesters, canceling spring football entirely. But it's certainly saying that at the end of May, that's going to be when they're going to have to reevaluate a number of things and figure out what they're going to do in the summer if they haven't already at that point. So we're getting closer and closer to hopefully having some issues fixed by then. But if, if things are still out there by the end of May, we've got some problems that are going to really continue to develop because then you're starting to get into the point where you're really starting to think about the, the typical schedule would have some off-season conditioning happening. When do those happen? When do the summer sessions uh, bring the players in? Uh, it's going to be shortly after May 31st, so you got to make sure you're prepared for that. And of course, of course, coaches are monitoring every situation and bracing for whatever the scenario may be. Another thing that came out yesterday, Brett McMurphy, veteran college football reporter, currently doing stuff for Stadium right now. He had another one of his many surveys. He's, he's always good for some surveys of athletic directors and coaches in an anonymous fashion. And Brett McMurphy has always been one of my sources that I go to, or resources, I should say, uh, to clarify. Uh, but Brett McMurphy surveyed a bunch of athletic directors from around the world of FBS for Stadium. And one-fifth of those surveyed believe that there's at least a 50% chance the full season will not be played. And that doesn't necessarily mean that there will, won't be any college football, just that we probably won't get our full 12-game regular season schedule, followed by conference championships, followed by bowl games. Uh, and I think that we could be in some interesting situations right there. Now, if there are any impacts on the college football season, it's going to be more detrimental to other sports because as we've discussed football is the big revenue generator here so if you don't have football or if you don't have as much football that's going to cut into your budget uh, by various fashions and or various degrees i should say uh, so you know not having football for one week it can take a pretty big cut out of another school's or another sports budget olympic sports would definitely be the most severely impacted by any loss of football uh, for, for pretty much every school out there. And, and that is the big fear right now that a lot of ADs are having right now. If the football season is impacted in any way, it could lead to more budget cuts 
that would certainly hurt the Olympic sports field uh, within athletic programs and could eventually lead to those sports being cut entirely. Maybe not permanently, but maybe temporarily. And now that's certainly not good news for anybody, especially if you're involved with an Olympic sport or a fan of an Olympic sport, you, know, you participate in an Olympic sport. Uh, obviously, you're rooting for football to be played. But again, we got to take some other things into consideration before we can just get back to football for the sake of getting to football. There are certainly much more alarming issues that we need to address as far as health and safety for everybody involved. The players, the coaches, the trainers, uh, any other faculty, any other members of a, a, the athletic program staff, and of course the fans. We've got to take that all into consideration. So if you can't guarantee that people can go to a football game and be safe when they leave home and go home, wherever they may be, you know, certainly at a school like Penn State where everybody's coming in from all over the state, maybe even beyond, uh, that's a lot of people reaching every corner of the state that you could potentially be impacting if you don't take this very seriously. So and, and every other school like that, and especially the big programs, they're all like that. You know, everybody's flocking into that college town for one weekend. And then going home. So it is something that uh, should be taken very seriously. And I'm glad to see that it is. I don't know if that's necessarily going to be something that we need to worry about in the future months. But it's certainly something that's on the topic of conversation right now and should be. So let's make sure we're braced for that. Uh, on a quick side note, the NFL is prepared to roll out their 2020 season in full confidence. It does seem like they are preparing for a full NFL season to be played. Uh, that doesn't necessarily surprise me, given the NFL's track record. They tend to uh, go by their own rule uh, of thumb, and a lot of people seem to follow in order with that. I uh, don't know if that's necessarily something that says that we will have a full college football season, but if there is a full NFL season, that certainly bodes well. Um, but again, <laughs> Roger Goodell in charge of the NFL as the commissioner. He hasn't made some decisions, especially with the NFL draft, that have left a lot of people very happy about this decision. So we'll see how the whole football world and the whole football landscape is impacted moving forward and how those decisions are being made. But of course, right now for college football, I still think we'll see a full season. But again, I'm not entirely 100% confident that it's going to be unchanged. Let me know what you guys think. Always hit us up on Twitter with your thoughts. At LockedOnNittany is the Twitter handle. You can also catch us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. It's time now for everybody's favorite podcast segment in the podcasting industry. We are saying nice things about Big Ten teams. Yes, once again, we take a look at another Big Ten team in the Big Ten East Division this week, and we are going to say some nice things about them. Today's subject is the Michigan Wolverines. So uh, I know that might be a little bit tough for some Penn State fans to admit this, but we can say some nice things about Michigan, honestly. I mean, if you look at the career of Jim Harbaugh, there are a lot of wins. There are some really close calls that uh, could have led to maybe some potentially bigger opportunities on the playing field. But of course, the, when you're talking about Michigan, it's always about what they haven't done. And that's certainly the national narrative, I think, when it comes to Michigan. And I don't know if it's totally justified. Uh, you know, certainly, it's hard to argue that you know, despite all the wins that Jim Harbaugh has had at Michigan, it's, uh, it's glaring that none of them have come against Ohio State. You look at his record against ranked teams on the road. He struggled with Michigan State. He has you know, been back and forth with Penn State. It seems like the home team typically wins that matchup far more often than not. So that's kind of a back and forth game as far as I'm concerned, and as it should be. 
And but it should probably be that way with Ohio State too. And I think that's what really comes back to what has been holding Michigan back the inability to get past Ohio State. But as I've I, as I have said on this podcast on timeless occasions, Ohio State is everybody's big hurdle that they're trying to clear. And not everybody's capable of doing it. You know, look at what Ohio State has done over the course of, you know, James Franklin's career, Jim Harbaugh's career. It's roughly the same time period. Ohio State has just been on a different level. But we'll talk about Ohio State at a different time. This is about Michigan. So what is Michigan's biggest glaring hole? It is the fact that I think as far as talent is concerned, they don't necessarily have what it takes to take that next step to beat a team like Ohio State. Uh, they have struggled against some teams from the SEC. They haven't necessarily uh, been embarrassed to say, but uh, you know their last couple of games against SEC teams uh, have not gone very well. So I think that when you're talking about what it's going to take for Michigan to be able to take that next step, it's going to take Jim Harbaugh maybe adapting a little bit. And, of course, they have former Penn State offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis in there. Uh, I'm sorry, former offensive assistant Josh Gaddis, who is now the offensive coordinator at Michigan. So I do think that there is potential there for things to open up a little bit. I think the biggest problem that Michigan has had is that they have, for years, recruited a certain style of player that Jim Harbaugh likes and you know they are good at recruiting now, I know they, they don't necessarily bring in the top tier classes the way that I think a lot of people expect them to but they have brought in a lot of really good talented players over the years you can't argue that they really have and you look at all the players that they do end up sending to the NFL they always have talent they will always play tough they don't necessarily have the athleticism to be able to go toe-to-toe with a team like Ohio State, but they are fully equipped to be able to handle the majority of their schedule. Now, last year, they had a couple games that just didn't go their way. The Wisconsin game was a complete uh, bad spot to be in, and Wisconsin just ran away with them. Uh, that game against Penn State last year in Happy Valley, they certainly dug the big hole, but they did claw back. They, they fought back, and they were one drop pass away from potentially tying that game, maybe even going on to win that game the way that that game had been uh, turning. Yeah, and of course, the following week, they blew out Notre Dame. And you know the, the biggest uh, setback, once again, was what they did against Ohio State. And certainly, those are the shortcomings. But you see where Michigan has been. Since Jim Harbaugh took over, they have had some really good teams, and they've come just shy of playing for the Big Ten title. I think the biggest criticism that you have of Michigan and Jim Harbaugh is they haven't even played for the Big Ten championship. But they have, they have come mere plays in two separate years from playing for a Big Ten title and potentially playing in the college football playoffs. That's how close they have been. I think people kind of gloss over that just because they lost to Ohio State. But the years where they had really good playoff opportunities, they came really just one play away probably from playing for a Big Ten title, potentially winning that Big Ten title, and then locking in a place in the college football playoffs. So, I don't know what to expect out of them this upcoming season. They're probably still going to be one of the top teams in the Big Ten East, fully capable of getting up to second place, fully capable of finishing in fourth if things don't go well. Uh, and they could potentially win the division. I just, I'm a little reluctant to say that that's going to be the case for Michigan. But I, I say Jim Harbaugh is worthy of some criticism. But I think if you look at the grand scope of what they've been doing, 
they continue to do really well, I think, as far as the football program is concerned. Any talk about should Jim Harbaugh be fired, I think, is ridiculous. Uh, I think his track record suggests that uh, Michigan's in really good hands. Again, yes, you would like to see a little bit more if you're a Michigan fan, uh, certainly against uh, teams like Ohio State. And you would like to see um, more consistent production in competing for a Big Ten title. But, you know, I think for the most part, Michigan's probably in that category right now. They're always going to be a contender for the Big Ten title. It's just a matter of, you know, picking up a couple of those key wins that not, haven't necessarily all gone their way. So I don't tend to be as critical of Jim Harbaugh as I think a lot of people are. I do think it's worthy of some criticism, and I think that this is, once again, another important season for him to kind of change some of those narratives because after so many things happen for so many years in a row, the narrative becomes the track record, and I think that's what he's trying to break right now. He's trying to establish a new track record. I think he's capable of doing it. I will have to see it to believe it, though, and I think a lot of people are probably in that same boat. But I think Michigan is still in really good hands with Jim Harbaugh. And uh, I look forward to seeing whether or not Michigan's going to be able to take those next steps. Can they become the dominant force in the Big Ten that they feel like they are worthy and should be? I think that they are a program that should be on par with Ohio State. I think they're a program that can be capable of being on the same par as Ohio State. They're not right now. They may not be this year, but they are fully capable of doing that with Jim Harbaugh. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked on Nittany Lions podcast. I want to thank you guys so much for subscribing and rating and reviewing on your favorite podcasting apps. We genuinely appreciate all the support you have for us. And some of the feedback you have is terrific as well. And if you don't want to share your comments publicly, you can always email us at LockedOnNittanyLions at gmail.com. You can connect with us on Twitter and send us your questions and your comments on, at, on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. And check out our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. We are just trying to help you pass the time. I know a lot of people are isolated right now, staying at home, whatever the case may be, working from home or whatever. We want to help keep you company a little bit. So that's why we try to add some conversation as often as we possibly can. I will say the schedule for the month of April is going to be adjusted a little bit, but I'm going to finish out this week trying to put out some new podcasts for you on a daily basis. And then we might be scaling it back to a minimum of three shows per week starting next week. But I'll keep you guys all posted on that as we continue to move forward. Right now, we just want to help make you get through whatever it is you're going through right now. So we just want to keep you company, keep the conversation going, and have some fun along the way. Once again, my name is Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Kevin on CFB and check out my college football conversation and commentary over on NBCSports.com on College Football Talk as well as over on AthlonSports.com. Before I go, I want to let you know that in addition to this podcast, we have plenty of other shows to keep you busy and occupied on the Locked On Podcast Network. I want to make sure if you're in for some NFL draft information to check out the Locked On NFL Draft podcast right now. Just tell your smart speaker to play Locked On NFL Draft, and it should start up for you right after this episode. So again, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. We'll be back very soon with a brand new episode for you. And until then, have a great day. Go one to know today. Stay safe. Stay home. Wash your hands. All that good stuff so we can get back to whatever normal is going to be and some college football. Have a great day, guys. I'll talk to you tomorrow.